We have to stand up for something as important as what I'm about to tell you. The nature of the gospel. So here's the nature of the gospel. That the righteousness of God gave his son, Jesus Christ, right here it tells us that in scripture, who is received by faith, but is a gift of grace. That is the nature of the gospel. It's the righteousness of God. The righteousness of God for you, right, through his son, Jesus Christ, that is received by faith, professing faith in Jesus Christ. But hear this, it is a gift of grace. It is for all people who declare that not, not only is his name beautiful, but as a person, he is beautiful. He is perfect, he is righteous, and that is our God. And that is the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. It's important for us to get that. Right? It's, it's one of these things that we so easily speak about. We talk about it so often that sometimes, well, for, for some of us, sometimes we start to forget the beauty of it. Right? It, it's kind of like when before my wife and I had children, we dreamed of having children and we just thought it would be so neat to have kids. And we just, you know, they're just so cuddly and, you know, you can just take, you get to break in line places and um, all these wonderful things, right? And people, like, come up and they say, oh, that's a cute baby. And let me tell you, not all babies are cute, right? And, and, and so it's just, but then you have kids and it's very, very different. And you love them and they're amazing and you cherish them. But then you start to recognize that the newness of saying that, oh, you have kids now, it fades away. And you have the, the task of helping to bring them up in the word of God. And you have the task of paying for the food that they eat. And you have the task of changing diapers. Right? All these different things. And sometimes I think that's what's happened to us in terms of our faith. For those who grew up in the church, we're, we're coming to a place where we recognize the beauty of God, but because we've grown up with it sometimes, um, we just start to play church and we, we grow tired sometimes of it. And we, you can, we can even start to go, you know what, sometimes it just smells. It's hard to, to work with other people all the time and try to get along with them. And sometimes we have forgotten the beauty of what it is to have the grace of God poured out onto our lives. And that's what we're striving to do at Chapel Point is to remember on a daily, every moment basis the beauty of Jesus Christ and what he's done for us to not forget that. That's why when, why, when we sing these types of songs and we read scripture, and it was so cool to see Lucy up here and Pastor Charles up here because that's one of the great things about Chapel Point is the multi-generational aspect of it, right? And you start to see these people calling out scripture together, and we want to applause because we never want to grow tired of declaring the name of Jesus. When we grow numb to responding to God's grace, we have grown in an inappropriate direction. Hear that. When we have grown numb to responding to God's grace, we have grown in an inappropriate direction. 
That's important for us to get. And, you know, it's, we just celebrated just a couple of days ago uh, Thanksgiving. We get to think about all that that really means for us. And there's so much to be thankful for. And so what I wanted us to do today is I wanted us to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. It's a passage Pastor Jim referred to the last verse of that while I go when leading into communion. And again, I do. Pastor Jim, I love how God does that because we didn't know God was doing that and he didn't know what I was preaching on. He took off and went to all kinds of places this last week. I think he, like 11 different states he drove through, like craziness. And so, you know, we weren't together and hanging out this last week, but God just orchestrates these things. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, um, this is what we're going to learn. It's a passage that many people are familiar with because it tells us that God loves a cheerful giver. Now, I'm going to get to that later on, but we're going to get to what that really means and how we are to respond to that, how we should respond to that. In fact, in in 2 Corinthians, um, to give you a little bit of history, um, here is Paul, and Paul's responding, there's a lot of false teachers. There's a lot of people who are going around, and they're not communicating the right things. And so Paul is coming, and he's providing encouragement for those people who uh, are in the church. He's also trying to redirect and make sure that they stay focused on Jesus Christ. And then he's giving instruction as well, giving instruction in terms of what it is to be a believer in Jesus Christ and how to pursue God fully, to pursue Jesus fully. And I, one, I think one of the primary passages is uh, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21. I want to read that to you. You don't need to turn there. I'll just read, read it to you very quickly. Um, 2 Corinthians 5, uh, verse 21. It says, God made him, that being Jesus, God made him who had no sin, right? Why? Because Christ lived a life of perfection. So God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. Jesus became your sin. God made him who had no sin to be your sin. So that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So that's Paul coming and he's realigning everything right now with the church and letting them know this is what it's really about. And that's why I wanted to share that with you is that God made him who had no sin to be your sin, right? So that you may become the righteousness of God, 2 Corinthians 5.21. It's so important because it gives context for what Paul is even trying to do throughout the book here. Throughout this writing, throughout the text. Because in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, it is, and it does state that God loves a cheerful giver. And some people hear that and go, oh no, here we go again, right? We get to speak about money. Let me tell you right now, guys, um, we need to stop with our attitude about what it is to give back to God. We need to just stop. It's a sign of spiritual immaturity. It's a sign of spiritual immaturity. Why? Because giving, giving is a response. Giving is not about you losing something. Giving is your response to God's grace. Done. Giving is not about you losing something according to the word of God. Giving is a response to God's grace in your life. And you know the beauty of that and you want to respond to it. Giving is a response to God's grace. And it's not just financial. So hear me say that. that Today is not about finances necessarily. It's part of it. But giving of everything that we have in our life is a response to God's grace. 
I did it yesterday with my kids. I had to pull a couple of them aside. I was frustrated because we were doing the, we came back from Kentucky and um, right away, of course, we have to unload everything. And then I see leaves because I live in Georgetown Forest. And um, so we got to clean the leaves. And so then we're working on our yard and then we're working on our neighbor's yard. And they're like, do we have to do this yard? I'm like, guys, do we have, we, we don't have to. But can we talk about what God has done for us? We know, Dad, fine, we're raking. But it's in everything. It's in all of who we are. Giving is a response to God's grace. It's one of my primary responsibilities as a pastor, is to help people recognize the gift of Jesus Christ and to live in it every day. Because I believe that if you live in the comprehension of what God has done for you on a daily basis, it changes your perspective of everything else in the day. It's a response to God's grace. And so we recognize that nobody forced Jesus to come into the world. He did so freely. He did so joyfully. And he gave himself to us. And our giving of of our resources, of our time, of our energy, of all of these other things, it should be given in the same manner. And so when you hear the word giving today, I don't want you just to think finances. I want you to hear about what you're giving of yourself, even the giving of your voice and what you're speaking to. And if you're sharing your faith, if you're giving of your voice in terms of prayer and praying for other people, if you're giving of your time and of your energy, right? Sometimes the most precious thing is our calendar and how many days that we have and how, many, how much free time that we have for ourselves, But what matters in giving is not the amount, but it is the heart that we become increasingly like Jesus. Here is Jesus Christ. He came and gave all of himself, and in doing so, we are to model who he is, and we are to be his reflection. We are to be his reflection in everything that we're doing and how we give back to who he is. When it comes to to giving to God, we, we kind of keep track if we're honest. And again, this isn't just about money. It, we, we start making a list of all the different things that we do for God, and we want to know if we are getting return on that, ROI, return on investment, right? I know that I had a bad moment yesterday. I don't know. My neighbors, they got me in a bad moment yesterday. Are the Richies even here in this service um, hopefully they'll show up at the second service. If they don't come to the second service, I'll be visiting them later today. I'm just kidding. Um, they got me at a bad place yesterday, and he, he, we were speaking, and he's like, hey, could I borrow your blower? And I'm like, yeah, sure, that'd be great. Uh, I'll get it to you later. And um, He came back later, and he goes, hey, I'm sorry if I upset you. And I'm like, no, I was just a little frustrated. I'm sorry. And he goes, well, why is that? I said, it was because I felt like it was a week of where I gave and gave and gave and gave and gave and gave and gave, and I got nothing in return for it. And I, I, said, I said that out loud. And he just goes, oh. And I said, oh, I'm so sorry, man. You just saw the bad Joel. He goes, yeah, and you're ugly. And I go, stop, step off. No blower if you don't, come on. And it hit me that so many things that I had been doing this past week, perhaps I was doing them for me. 
and not in response to God's grace in my life. Right? And it wasn't just as a parent. It was for other people and all these different things that were unfolding and happening. And it just, it just hit me so hard that really it was a matter of my heart and it wasn't doing it for the right reason. It wasn't doing it in response to God's grace. So here, here's two questions we always ask ourselves. One, we always ask ourselves, what should I give? Now, again, this isn't just about finances, so I'm not going to go into tithing all. It's just about our life. It's about what should we give of ourselves in response to God's grace in our life. Well, it tells us, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, I want us to go to verse 6. This is what it says. I'm just going to read some of these verses, and I'm going to come unpack it a little bit. It says, the point is this. Here's the point. I love how he just says it. It makes it easy for people like me just to get it. Here's the point. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you. So that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. Verse 6, if you go back, here's the first question is, what should I give? What should I give? Here's here's how you unpack verse 6 and 7 at least. Think of everything that God has given you in the same way that a farmer uh, does in terms of one who has been blessed. And here's a farmer who sets aside a small amount for next year, right? Because he has this mound of seed. And so what he wants to do is maybe he wants to say, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and pull, a amount, uh, pull apart a small amount for next year. And I'm going to sow sparingly. Well, then he will reap sparingly. But the farmer who sows generously will then later on recognize that he will reap generously. Remember when you give that you reap what you sow. So as someone who has a bunch of seed and they're like, how much am I going to keep and just use right now? Or how much am I really going to invest into the kingdom? And we will reap more from that later on. Now he's not doing that. He's not trying to reap for himself. He's trying to reap for the kingdom of God. And so we ask ourselves, what are we trying to, here's a very simple way of thinking about it. What am I trying to keep for Joel and what am I trying to bless others with? How am I trying to be obedient and respond to God's grace and what I give back? And if you process and if you comprehend that God's grace for you in your life is greater than anything else that you can receive, those people never struggle in giving back to God in any form whatsoever. It's the people who think that God is here just to constantly do more and more for you that struggle in giving back. With time, with energy, with resources, with everything. And so people who come and say, well, Joel, you know, you've spoken about money some lately. Um, I say, yes, I have. Jesus spoke about it more than anything other than love. (laughs) Why? Because it's what captivates our heart. And I want your heart not to be captivated by your resources. I want it to be captivated by Jesus. Tells us in verse 7, we're not to give under compulsion, but we should, it, should be, it, it should not be done flippantly. 
No, we should give out of the outflow of our heart. Here's what I learned a long time ago. And I've been through, when it comes to uh, financial resources, I've been, I've hit every, well, I haven't hit every peak, but I've hit some good moments and I've hit some really bad moments, right? And, and I can tell you right now, what I learned a long time ago is that God supplies what you need to live and he supplies what you need to give. And my responsibility is to say, what's God wanting me to give? And it's funny, when my wife and I pray together about it, we, we always come to the, God puts an, an amount on our heart, and yet every time God supplies that somehow for us, every single time. Well, we don't have that. Well, I know, but that's, the, that's what God's put on my heart. Well, and even in, in, in giving back of our, with our time, we go, well, we don't have time for that, and then God removes something from my calendar. Well, I guess we have time now. What we've learned is that the heart that is in tune with God should determine what we keep and what we sow. And so we have to ask ourselves such questions because this church, we're adamant in asking ourselves these questions because we want to make sure that we're being obedient to God more than anything else. We, we don't really care about what other people are saying. We care about what God is thinking of us. So one of the questions is, what should I give? The second question I want to address very quickly is, people always ask, well, what do I get in return? What will I receive if I'm obedient to God? Um, the idea that you automatically get back, if you give to God, the idea, if you hear preachers who say that you're going to get back more than what you gave financially, um, that is simply not biblical or true. It's just not. They lied to you. They ripped passages out of context completely. That's why you have this prosperity gospel and we struggle with it so much. When giving is taught to be the path to prosperity, generosity dies. And yet we are to give out of a generous heart. When giving is taught to be the path of prosperity, generosity dies. And yet we are taught to give out of a generous heart. Giving is a response to God's grace. The prosperity gospel that maybe you have mentioned before, it kills generosity. Generosity doesn't grow out of self-centeredness. Generosity grows out of Christ-centeredness. And so what do you receive in return? He says, all that you need, all sufficiency, what you need, I will give back, not necessarily what you want. Here's the message, it's simple. The more you give, the more you will be able to give. That's how I see it. When I read scripture, I go, the more God blesses me, the more my family can give back to the kingdom of God. I mean, that's how we look at it. Well, if God blesses us, we don't need more than what we have. So the more that God blesses us, the more we can give back. That to us, that's a biblical perspective of what we should expect to receive from God. The more we give, the more opportunities maybe we have to give more. And it leads to so much more. This church, guys, um, if you're new here, this church is modeling what it is to give back to the kingdom of God. 
Some of you are sacrificing your time and you're coming to point electives and you're jumping into the, and, and I know it's not as convenient because we have to do most of those on Wednesday night because we don't have any additional rooms on Sunday morning. We're out of them. And so you guys are giving up and you're sacrificing your calendar, your time, and you're coming, you're jumping in because you know that the more you know about the word of God, the more you understand who Jesus is, the more he's going to bubble out of you. And it's a wonderful thing to behold. And some of you are giving financially. Some of you are giving by connecting with some of our missionaries or our agencies. And you're partnering with them and you're praying for them. And some of you are connecting not only with that but with our kids. And you're serving in ways that you've never served before. And so this church is modeling what it is to give back. It's modeling what it is to give back. And what that leads to is very, very simple. In verse 10 through 15, it tells us several things. That this leads to. It leads that you will then in verse 11, uh, and I'm going to hit these very, very quickly because I want to go ahead and I'm going to give us an opportunity to, to hear from some other people here in a moment. But here's what proper giving of the heart, what the proper response to God's grace leads to. It, in verse 10, it says that it increases the harvest of righteousness. In verse 11, it says that you'll be able to be more generous. Giving back with the proper heart. In response to God's grace, verse 12 says it leads to thanksgiving to God. In verse 13, it tells us that people will glorify God as a response. You giving back to God in all facets of life as a response to God's grace means even in 15 it says again that there's more thanksgiving to God. And you guys are giving so freely, and as a result, God is overwhelming us as his congregation. In fact, you can hear about this in a variety of ways. I want